Good morning, Asian America. I'm Santanu Raman. I'm Tony Vo. I'm Shu Tong Hao. So welcome to our second episode with Shu Tong in particular. Ah, thanks. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about Asian Americans and relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love, dating, all that stuff. Well, it's February, so all that's the good fitting. Stuff. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. 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 Nice. Perfect. All right. Here we go. Asian Americans and dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, how much, <laughs> by the way, how much did your parents talk about this stuff with you? Oh, none. None yeah. at all. Of course not. <laughs> They're Asian parents. We, we study, and then we go to school, and then we get married somehow. Yeah. The, the most I got a talking to about this is don't do it. <laughs> Focus on those studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before we like jump in to talk about our past love life and our current ones, uh, we should probably give some context to who sure. we are, just so people know who we're, what we're talking about. Sure. Um, so this is Tony, and uh, I identify as gay and queer. I'm in a currently in a relationship uh, of eight years. Wow. Um, I know. Congrats. Thanks. And when I say that out loud, it sounds like a long time. It's the, long, uh, it's the longest thing I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Shutong, how about you? So I am straight, and I uh, am in a relationship of three and a half years. Um, so, yeah, that's going great. Cool. I am in a relationship of 14 wow. years. Wow. I'm married. Yeah. So here's, here are some intersections that the three of us have. Mm-hmm. You two are dating Caucasian. Yes. Yes. Folk. White folk. White yes. folk. Yeah. Yutong and I are straight. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh. Um, Put it all out there. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are cisgender, right. straight. Yep. Right. We're in interracial. Interracial, interracial relationships. You, yeah. you two are in relationships, but I am married. Yes. Which is a relationship still. It is a it's relationship. A, it's a, uh, I have a contract on mine. <laughs> You're legally <laughs> obligated <laughs> to love her. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. uh, so that that way, everybody out there knows what the actual background. Yeah, is. absolutely. So, I'm, so, where do we start? I'm really curious because our parents really didn't foster an environment where we could talk about dating. Nope. They definitely didn't promote it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, how how did we start dating? I think. Um, Something that I get asked a lot is, do your parents have 
um, a preference on what race you date. Oh, sure. That's a question that I get a lot. Hmm. And ideally, I'd like to say my parents are very progressive and no, of course they don't care, but I think they do. Um, They never constricted me to date within my own race or culture, which is nice, but I think they still have their reservations, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah. What about Tony and Santanu? What about you guys? I, uh, my family, I'm just going to be honest and real. Y'all can go ahead and cancel them if you want. (laughs) Um, But I don't think that my experience is very... uh, you know, unique. I think it's pretty commonplace in mm-hmm. the Asian community. So there was always like a racial hierarchy, right. um, especially for folks living here in the States, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so they obviously wanted me to date a Asian girl, um, mm-hmm. Vietnamese preferably. Mm-hmm. And if not Vietnamese, then, you know, uh, Chinese, mm-hmm. okay. uh, Taiwanese. So East Asian? Yeah, Korean. Yeah. Um, and then Filipino, uh, but then after that it was maybe white, and yeah. then we grew up around a lot of uh, Mexican immigrants, and so uh, we were really close to them, and so they were also an okay group to date, but for sure uh, it was not allowed to date black folks. Yeah. Yeah, that whether was... that was explicitly said or implicitly. I think mm-hmm. it's always implicit because my mm-hmm. parents were kind of the same way yeah so and yeah. did you grow up in texas i did yeah okay. i grew up in dallas yeah so. same here so you and know. Santanu, you grew up in um outside of chicago yes so yes. was it a different experience for you yeah um what happened was in high school a white girl approached me oh, oh. but this was a white girl who was the daughter of a doctor who my mom worked with. Oh. oh so it was a class thing. <laughs> a little oh, bit. The power dynamic. Uh, a, a yeah. little bit. So they were actually kind of okay with it. Okay. Okay, cool. That I was actually dating. Um, you couldn't turn her down. She's the boss's daughter. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and she was the first girl that ever pursued me. I never pursued anybody sure yeah and uh and so i was like oh okay mm-hmm. this is what this is cool i've seen it on tv yeah well, were you into white girls did you yeah. have a preference yeah yeah because yeah. that's all you see on tv yes. right sure yes. sure so yeah um so that that was those were the beginnings um what my parents basically wanted was what a lot of, I think, South Asian parents wanted, especially back in those times, is their kids to marry another South Asian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and particularly for us, Bengali, it would have been preferable for me to seek out, or, or not seek out, but, but hook up with <laughs> another Bengali gal. Mm-hmm. Were there a lot of Bengali gals to choose from, to pursue? No, no, not really, because uh, a couple things. I mean, it was a university town, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, I, I didn't hang out with them. Yeah. You know, and, and because there was a lot of, uh, my parents hung out with a lot of grad students, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of grad students, but, you know, they're, 
I didn't have a lot in common with them because yeah. I, you know, they're coming from overseas and I'm all I, and I'm like, I'm almost borderline ugly American where I'm like, <laughs> that's cool, that Bengali stuff you do. I'm going to go over here and do my other stuff. I'm going to listen to Metallica and run DMC, you know? Yeah. So, so um, yeah. Um, so it's, it was, it, it was a little bizarre, you know, um, the whole navigating through relationships when, when it was absolutely frowned upon mm -hmm. for us to do because it took away from our studies. So how old were you guys when you started dating? Oh, I was a late bloomer. Me too. Uh, after undergrad. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so, you know, for me, I was I was in the closet for the longest time. Wow. Um, I mean, as much as I can be being so flamboyant. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was really important to continue with that ruse in undergrad because my parents were paying for tuition and I didn't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just started to date when I went into grad school around 23, 24. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What about y'all? Um, I started dating in undergrad. Um, it was kind of that freedom, you know, mm -hmm. and I could kind of pursue whoever I wanted to. Right. But I think the other thing for me, um, and I think these things are kind of intertwined, is just representation. Because, yeah. you know, as you were saying, like, you in everyday television of course you would pursue white girls because that's what you see on billboards and on tv and everything and so i think that for me it was hard to live with this lack of representation because it felt like there was no sort of roadmap or encouragement for mm -hmm. me to feel beautiful or for mm -hmm. me to feel desired right. and so i didn't experience that until college basically so now i'm gonna pry a little bit if yeah, that's all absolutely. right um did back in the day mm -hmm. at least were you attracted to asian men i think um i've been you know throughout my whole life i've been attracted to all races um and especially i remember when i was younger where that was less of a almost barrier kind of in your mind, right? Um, and I think as I got older, I became attracted to white men uh, more and more. But I think it was less about, I mean, I think it was representation. I think that is, you know, you're attracted to what you see every day yeah. and what you, um, or what society deems as beautiful. Um, but I think for me, I also found a lot of the same values uh, in common with white men rather than Asian men, or at least the kind of Asian men that I was surrounded with growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. Going back to that topic of representation, I also feel like that does a, such a disservice to mm -hmm. Asian men. Because um, my first crush was an Asian guy. Yeah. And I crushed on a lot of folks of color, but white men included in that, mm -hmm. obviously. But I think at some point in college, I was just smothered by whiteness yes. <laughs> yeah yes and it just made so much more sense um actually and being queer too like let's just date outside the culture let's mm -hmm. date outside the race mm -hmm. um there was a bit of a sense of safety there mm -hmm. how um, come 
Why do you think that? Well, you know, part of it was I didn't see a lot of queer out Asian men in yeah. undergrad. Yeah. And I just thought, if I'm the only one, then I guess I'm going to have to date outside my race. So um, it was a matter of options, you think? It was it was a matter of option. I'm, I'm sure there was a bit of internalized, you know, racism mm-hmm. in there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the few Asian men that you saw, we were often kind of pitted against each other, whether it was our own oh. doing or, like, a group situation. Interesting. You know, you... Like in any situation, there's always like that token Asian, token black person. Mm -hmm. And in queer communities, that's how it plays out too. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost even in a more insidious way because you know the lay of the land in the queer community. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I started dating at age 17 in Mm -hmm. high school. That was my first Mm -hmm. uh, experience. And for the most part, it's been all white girls, oh. all white girls, until yeah. there came a point after I had gone through a pretty long relationship of like five years, mm-hmm. and it was just bad. <laughs> it oh, got no. bad. And uh, so after some reflection, I was like, you know what? And... Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say because this is what I thought at the time. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Speak your truth. This was my truth back then. I was like, you know what? I am so done with white <laughs> girls. Mm. They don't understand my bicultural identity. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't get it. So I was like, and, and I'd heard um, several people talk about this. Like, you know, there's something to be said about dating someone who's got a similar cultural value system sure yeah as absolutely you do. we can sure. relate on a pretty profound level there are certain things we just get of being not not just indian mm-hmm. but indian american mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and indian american in the midwest yeah yeah where we're a very, I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about like where there's Edison, New Jersey. I mean, where you're just surrounded by tons of Indian Americans. I'm talking about you're the only Indian in your class yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. So someone else who understands that and gets that, you know, that was at the time more important to me. Like I need to be able to connect and relate. Yeah. Was it, um, was there a specific things that went on in that relationship which one like with the white woman yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. i mean there there was just uh i mean it can it, you can be as superficial as talking about just food mm-hmm. you know and all these restrictions oh my god you don't even oh. want to try a little spice <laughs> a little okay yeah. you know <laughs> so spice um, it up yeah uh, from from that to just um, just uh, just I don't know the psychology of of constantly navigating between two universes for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah and I you know it um, I'm glad you mentioned that because being in a relationship with a white dude right now um, I keep my family life 
meaning like my Viet life, mm-hmm. pretty separate from my um, gay life. Oh. Um, I mean, everyone knows, mm-hmm. but no one talks about it, mm-hmm. right? So oh. I always tell uh, students that I work with that are contemplating coming out, like, be prepared to like come out of the closet and be turned around and put right back in. Oh, wow. And, and it's part of the culture. Don't you know, you can take it to heart, but mm-hmm. you could also recognize it as, you know, a defense mechanism, a mm-hmm. coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I I find when the family and the personal relationship meet is when I find that cultural conflict happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something as little as just try everything that mm-hmm. they put on your plate. Like mm-hmm. eating food is a form yeah. of love, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it could also be just like how we coexist with one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My Asian posse back in Dallas, we roll pretty deep. Like I just went back home this weekend mm-hmm. for my dad's um, memorial and there were 50 people and we were all just sitting around. A few of us have uh, married outside the culture and mm-hmm. so there's always a group of like white husbands sitting in the corner and the party goes on for like four or five hours and they're just kind of bored. And I often hear from them like, all y'all do is get together, eat and drink. And it doesn't even sound like y'all talk about anything. And I'm always like, we, we kind of don't because you know we see each other so frequently. It's right. really just about being around each other. Being together. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's the most important part. Yeah. So I'm going to pose a philosophical question to y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the purpose of a monogamous relationship? Why have mm. these things? Why? Yeah. Especially if you're not sure if it's going to lead to children and family mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that stuff. What is the reason, the purpose? Oh my God, do y'all believe in monogamy? I do. I think that's kind of just how I'm wired. Yeah. I don't know that... You know, I'm not even great in groups of friends, really. (laughs) And so I've always treasured one-on-one relationships. Um, And I think it's, for me, it's just about having a person you can rely on and Mm. having a person you can kind of pour your emotions to and you know that will be there in every great moment and every sad moment of your life. Um, And that's definitely what I'm that's the type of love that I'm experiencing, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but that's, you know, everyone's different. So what's, what's your take on it? I think I, as many males, are wired for polygamy. Mm-hmm. But we are socialized into monogamy for better everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think society functions better in, in general. Uh, well, just be, uh, you know, it's hard to say because that's what I'm around, mm-hmm. but, and, but it seems like in the interest, I'm going to sound real conservative saying this, in the interest <laughs> of maintaining some sort of order, orderly society, I don't know. It seems like it, seems like it works. Yeah. Um, it seems like it, it actually... It, has us exercising a certain amount of discipline and will and commitment, mm-hmm. reaching into a higher level of our brain yeah. rather than, well, I feel like being with her tonight, then her on the other night, and her on the other night, and her, I just mm-hmm. kind of do what I want. Right. Yeah. Um, versus like, no, 
uh, okay, I'll do that first, but now I'm going to commit to you. Yeah, yeah. Ups yeah. and downs, everything. I mean, it's beautiful in a way, but you know, I, I'm in a monogamous relationship, but I'm surrounded by a lot of friends and colleagues and students who believe um, in polyamory, mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of stuff, and I'm all for it for them, but mm -hmm. you know, our world is built um, for uh, monogamy. Yeah. Right, even like the way you file taxes, you get bonuses for right. being married. Right. Um, and so in that way, it's really promoted on yeah. a social, cultural level. Mm -hmm. It's systemic. Yeah. 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 But, you know, relationships change over time, too. And I think I've seen um, relationships where they started off monogamous and be, for whatever reason, they introduce um, third parties, polyamory, mm -hmm. um, and you know, if a couple's transparent and open and has rules about that, I could see it working. But yeah, yeah it's not so far. It's not for me. Yeah. It's uh, that didn't Facebook used to have that? It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just be jealous. Yeah, yeah. me right? too. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, birth rates in Japan are going down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Why? Is it because of automation? Well, uh, so let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. What's happening? Well, I, know, I don't know if it's Japan um, in, in this, but you know, there, for a while in the culture, it was very uh, male-oriented. Everyone wanted mm. a male son. And yeah. I know in some societies, like, there aren't enough women to marry, so they go yeah. to other countries like Vietnam. Mm -hmm. and they'll pay the family a pretty good price to marry their daughter, so it's like a dowry system mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it could be related to grind culture. Grind how, culture? Yeah, so how just hustling, you know? Mm. And I think that a lot, especially sort of millennials, are, you know, focused on careers, focused on other things outside of relationships, mm -hmm. specifically monogamous relationships. Um, and I think as women especially, I feel definitely the pressure as I get older to reproduce. Do you? Um, yeah, I do. And that whole like timeline thing and all of that. So I think that it's almost like we're, you know, not backlash, but it's almost like we're saying, you know, we have a, we have more of a purpose yeah. Yeah. than that. I so. like what you're saying about the grind because yeah, relationships take work. Yeah. And if you're so focused on X, Y, and Z, and we have the automation and tech mm -hmm. to meet certain biological needs, there are now sex robots, and there's mm -hmm. all these virtual mm -hmm. girlfriends and boyfriends and things mm -hmm. like that, and that, right. that are AI programmed to have meaningful, deep conversations with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's where they get their needs fulfilled, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think it's hard now to think about having children. It's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have children. I do. Santanu. Like, is it expensive? It's, 
incredibly expensive to have children. Like yeah. not just money-wise, but I bet your time, time of course, energy. Time, energy, money, it requires a whole lot of that. Yeah. And yeah, when whenever people ask me like should I have kids? My my knee-jerk reaction is no, don't. <laughs> don't unless you know, unless you really want to do this. A good yeah. friend of mine when they were, when he was deciding if they, I was like, all right, are you sure yeah. you want to do this? Just so y'all know, Santanu's kids are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're really cute. Thank you. They're they're fun and a pain at the same time. So, um, this is another topic I want to talk about also because I have a good amount of white friends and some of them, whether they want to admit it or not, uh-huh. have yellow fever. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's something. Where that, do we begin? Um, I think, you know, we, we talked a little bit about racism last episode, and I wanted to um, kind of just bring another facet of that. And I think that part of it is the fetishization mm-hmm. of Asian women, yes. especially East Asian women. Um, I'm not really sure what the experience is on the male side of that, um, but I know that that is a thing and it's disgusting <laughs> uh, personally. And um, I think, you know, maybe my first boyfriend maybe did experience that. I just was, you know, I was 18 and right. I was really naive. Right. Um, and I think, thankfully, my current relationship, there's no trace of that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, what are your guys' opinion? Well, you know, I always struggle with, like, preference, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's such a, a code word. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, when does it become problematic? Right. Yeah. Right. Where's the line? Right. Right. So, you know, in one part, I'm like, oh, they find me attractive. Mm-hmm. They have a taste, right? Mm-hmm. A good mm-hmm. taste at that. <laughs> um, but then it's like, when do you become arm candy? Or mm-hmm. when do you feel like you're replaceable, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not you in particular, but it's like your aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that takes a while to figure out, yeah. you know? Yeah, maybe like if they touch your skin, like, your skin is so smooth. Ooh. That's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. red flag right there. Right. Um, right. Like you mentioned it, and I'm sure you can talk to this, but, you know, the Asian male perspective is that we're oftentimes emasculated in mainstream yes. society. Right. You know, I was just thinking this the other day because I was, we were planning a topic for our podcast. We were talking about like Asian American heroes. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like, oh my God, I love me some Connie Chung, but there's not a male Asian American equivalent to Connie Chung. And in fact, I've never seen an Asian newscaster, right? Um, I saw so, one. I saw one last night. Where? On, oh. uh, what on, channel? On PBS. John, oh. John Yang. He was he was reporting for the Iowa uh, caucus. Oh, sweet! <laughs> and, you know, there's Ronnie Chang on um, Trevor Noah's Daily mm. Show. Yeah, uh, the Daily Show. So you know, absolutely. But I. You but know, no, you're you're notes, right. There's there's not like someone who's really up front center like mm-hmm. nightly news, right? You know? Right. Um, 
And so I think Asian men are often emasculated mm-hmm. to the point where they're not even seen as sexual. Yeah. But then I say that the world is changing because white women are fanning over BTS who, you know, are the prettiest boy band uh, group out there. And I'm just like, (laughs) the world has changed. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really good point to bring up is how is, you know, the popularization of K-pop kind of affecting these topics. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the, one of the, interesting challenges is to be able to be able to educate someone uh, about about what it is to date actually an Asian American Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like there particularly someone who uh, who is not Asian American um, but even if you are to talk about it because in this, it, just even within Asian America itself, there's it's so broad, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, someone could be super pro their ethnic culture. Mm-hmm. Another person could be like almost completely anti their ethnic culture. Yeah. Right. And that can have a significant impact on the relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's just important for a partner to accept that. Right. To accept the multifacetedness of an Asian-American identity of Asian-American culture and to kind of take it in stride Um, because I know that I'm still learning about who I am and which parts of myself I like to identify and so I just want someone who supports that and understands it maybe not to a level that I understand it Mm -hmm. but is at least supportive of it yeah absolutely and for me I think you know as we move through the world I you know, as someone who delves into social justice, education, mm-hmm. um, and try to live an anti-oppressive lifestyle as much as I can, you know, I think about the implications of being with a white man, um, you know, my proximity to, to whiteness, which is something yeah. that we talk about a lot in Asian American circles, yeah. and can we do the work and also love white men who are often you know sometimes oppressors yeah part of the problem um i don't think i have an answer that particularly but as i move through the world i'm very mindful of that right right i'm so glad you said that let's let's end on this thought and i'm gonna piggyback off of what you just said it all starts with how you love yourself folks Mm -hmm. That's what it all comes down to. So I love re- that. regardless of who that is, that other person is, what race they are, what religion, mm-hmm. national, any of that, how do you, how, what do you think when you look in that mirror? Yeah. Yeah. Do you love that person? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you developing that person? Are you nurturing that person in that mirror? Yeah. If you get to a good place there, I say you can date whoever you want. Just so you know, that's RuPaul's motto at the end of every Drag Race episode. <laughs> it's, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Right. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. amen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for listening. We are going to tune out for now. I'm Santanu. I'm Tony. I'm Shutong. We'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.